The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We are coming to you live here today, and it's our Christmas episode. We're very excited. Yeah, I used to do a lot of drinking around this time of year. Oh, well, I drink for the both of us now, so it works out just fine. Today, we are going to be talking about emotional support animals. We had an interesting call yesterday uh, from a member of an airline, so we're going to impart some wisdom there. We are also doing our Opus Favorite Things giveaway. Our Poway arrived just in time from last week's episode. Hold that up so I can zoom in on that real quick. Oh, what the heck we got Lordy going on almighty. there? Oh, this, we haven't even opened Stop it because it's for our Let giveaway. Zoom in. All right, beautiful, but, beautiful. God <laughs> Darn it. I ordered Dad, it. I ordered it Thursday. It arrived Monday, right? It was almost instantaneous. Yeah. So we're going to do that. Giveaway at the end. Bobby Lyons, uh, my good friend and a fitness coach in the dog world. Also, is the be- very first person to be on our podcast. Yes, our Go very right first podcast uh, member ever. We're going to do a quick unboxing of the Paw Wave at the end. we got a lot going on. Oh but first, we're going to start I'm with excited. the excited. Tip of the day. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, baby! <laughs> All right, let's do the tip of the day. Now, what I wanted to say, I was taught this morning oh my in my YouTube feed, a nice little video came up called Christmas Puppies with Children. Yes. And it, it was just, lively. It was child after child bursting with tears of joy and laughter and crushing little puppies in their arms. And it, it was, was really a beautiful thing. It was endearing. I well I found up. myself welling up at about 6 a.m. And I thought, we should talk about this on the podcast. And Jess said... Don't, you don't need to give me any suggestions. We got the podcast <laughs> well, we had, all covered. We had it all ironed out, and he'll forget the but details But the tip of, of the day is getting back to these children and puppies. As we all know, children love puppies. I got a puppy when I was a kid. It was a great experience that I remember. My boys and my daughter, she was too young to remember, but we, they got puppies and got to go through that excitement. Please keep in mind this year, because a lot of my clients tell me, we got the puppy for the child. It's the child's responsibility. The child is going to train this puppy. The child's going to feed this puppy. The child's going to pick up this puppy's poop. If you're thinking that's going to happen, Not you're living happen. in a fantasy world, <laughs> fantasy world. You guys, when you get a puppy, just keep in mind, it's great for children to have puppies, but know this puppy is going to be your responsibility. It's going to be your dog, mom and dad. And ultimately, uh, within a few weeks, these kids are going to have probably not a huge amount of interest in taking care of this puppy any longer. So doesn't mean it's an awesome, uh, it's a great addition to the family. And I think every family should have a dog, personally. But also with that um, You don't want it thing, to create you know? friction with the kids. You know, you're like, come on, you said you did well, this. Well, yeah, don't dump it on the they kids. Can have, they can the have chores, but they're just not going to be able to care for the dog full time. So if you got a Christmas puppy and you thought that you didn't really get yourself a dog, you did. And congratulations to the whole yeah, family. Yeah, and your kids get to enjoy that. <laughs> All right. So emotional support animals. This is uh, such an interesting topic. And it's kind of funny because we actually had an ESA flying course. Kind like of a in, pet peeve. In the works because I have flown with emotional support dogs before. I was in a very bad car accident when I was in high school. I have a letter. Um, I've flown dogs and I get a lot of compliments at the airport and we have a lot of fallout from emotional support animals. She well, still can't take a left turn in a car if she's driving, but <laughs> go ahead. I do have a little PTSD. So anyway, about that, 
They have, they were, the Department of Transportation was working on some different regulations of stuff, and they were saying that they were going to change the laws, but then COVID hit, so I thought, you know, they have bigger fish to fry, the airlines want money, they'll take anybody who will fly. Well, they did change the law. So starting January 11th, 2021, emotional support animals are no longer legal for flying. And yesterday, we got a phone call, which we've call never from, gotten. I got a call from the airlines. Allegiant Airlines. Uh, we don't need to talk about who they are. Because I'm not going to bring up the client's name either. But I have a client that uh, tried to buy a plane ticket and said she had an emotional support dog and she had a service dog. She's bringing two dogs on the plane. And so the airline said, what was your dog trained to do for you? Because that's the only question they really can ask, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. And she the said, service well, for the service dog. Yeah, what, did your dog turn lights on and off? What the hell does it do for you? And uh, she said, well, call my dog trainer. And he'll fill you in on all that. Well, the, she said, she went out on a Gave limb me my and said name. that, you know, that my dog was trained at, you know. As a service dog. This uh, facility as a service dog. And so we were kind of confused. We hadn't gotten this call before, but it was actually a person from Allegiant Airlines. And it is important to say that airline because she had statistics, which was interesting because yeah. I've kind of been like mulling around like, oh, we should do an ASA uh, topic, you know, beginning of 2021. But the laws are changing. And she actually talked to us a little bit more because we're dog trainers. So we said the dog wasn't trained to do anything specific because it wasn't. It was no, trained wait. to do basic obedience. That's what it was trained for, and specifically. That when He'll sit down, come when called, go to dog bed basics. Don't jump on people. Go ahead. Um, for service animals, you need to be able to say the dog helps me with this specific task. And they said, oh, well, this facility trained the dog, so they called us. Well, we didn't train a dog to do any specific task for a service dog, and we're not going to lie. But this representative from the airline said last year alone, they flew 75,000 ESAs, which is a lot. And we're not talking about just dogs. Cats, uh, hamsters, there's sometimes mini Lizards. ponies. Yeah, like there was a wide array of different animals flown. And we said, like, what do you think the influx of this was? Why do you think things went so sideways? And I always think it has a lot to do with the price of flying a dog in cargo. And also a lot of airlines aren't flying dogs in cargo anymore because things have happened and they don't want that liability. She said she thought it was the Paris Hilton effect, which I thought was funny. And I was actually looking up if Paris Hilton flies with an ESA or what happens. And in 2015, there was like, a, that was a phrase that was coined, the Paris Hilton effect. So anyway, the original uh, legislation for that was brought out in 1986. And no one ever thought that now in 2020, that would be so crazy abused that we would actually discontinue the use of emotional support animals. And because we didn't start with that definition, just so you guys know, an emotional support animal is a dog that is not trained for a specific purpose, but it is there to make the handler feel more comfortable. And the way those are used was in housing, and I believe that in housing they still can be used. So if a dog is not allowed in a certain living complex, if it's an emotional support animal, that overrides that, and they are allowed to live in this yeah. non-dog complex, and it was also with flying. Those were the two instances that were at work. So you can't go to the coffee shop and bring your dog in because it's an ESA, or go to the grocery store or anything else, but these were two instances, and now airlines are completely off the table. And to have an ESA, all you need is a note from your psychologist saying that you qualify XYZ in the DSM. And you do have a debilitating condition, whether it be PTSD or anxiety or whatever else, that you function better when living with your dog or when flying with your dog. So everyone understands that a little bit better. Um, but the flying portion, 
Our concern more so is that the service dogs are kind of going to get more and more diluted too, and more of this BS is going to come up. Because in 15 years, you've never gotten a call about this. No, it's first one. No, first so call they're... from an airline, I should say. And they said it was their third call of the day. Yeah, they had called three people that day. So I'm not sure. Obviously, the person trying to fly was flying before January 11th because she still had an ESA on the registration as well as a service dog. But if you are going to fly with your dog, you need to have your dog uphold a certain standard. And it really, really, really bothers me. And that's why we are going to roll out this ESA course. I fly my dog as an emotional support animal. I have probably been told by TSA... I would say two dozen times. That's the best trained service dog we've seen in weeks. Sometimes they'll say months. Many she, different airports. She also trains or uh, travels wearing a small tank top. And quite often she <laughs> that's, gets that's a lot not, of attention at TSA. That's not the reasoning. Really, the dogs <laughs> that they're seeing are so poorly trained that they're just used to seeing a bunch of BS. They're used to seeing pet dogs, whether they're service dogs, emotional support animals, anything. And my dogs aren't supposed to go to the airport and they're all they're supposed to do is just behave and not bite anyone as an emotional support animal. And they're telling me, wow, this dog is a really great service dog. So if the level of dogs going through the airport is getting more and more and more diluted, we're going to have the same type of in issues that we had with emotional support animals with service animals, the biting, the faking, the legislation. The difference is, guys, with a service animal, there is a really big uh, like a felony there. Like that's a, a real problem. The lady was describing it yesterday. You know, as far as like parking, she said, it's not your fault. You're not outing your client. The Yeah, I felt bad about, you know, my first, I guess, thought when I got this phone call is to kind of take care of my clients, protect my clients, which um, in this case, really, you know, the airlines was telling me that the, the client is kind of throwing you under the bus. They have a problem. They put themselves in a situation where they told someone they have this and they don't. So they said, oh, call, call my dog trainer. Why are they calling me? They know. I didn't train the dog to be a service dog, but they just wanted to hopefully, they, maybe they thought I was going to tell them, oh yeah, the dog does this, that, X, and the other Y, Z. Thing. Yeah. So, you know, it, there's a real what? ethical line here that people are crossing. And while yes, you're used to flying with your dog and everything else as a service dog, it's a whole different echelon. Like your dog is specifically trained to do something for you. They're not just there for, you know, you to pet and feel better during takeoff and landing. And I'm not trying to minimalize what that meant to people who were flying with a fear of flying. We have had clients that have had scary things. They've gone into flight simulators with psychologists. They have had ESAs or uh, psychiatric service dogs that we have helped them train to get on a plane. Like I'm not undermining the use of those dogs, but you need to adhere to a certain level of decency with that dog out in public. That dog should not be acting aggressively. That dog should not be defecating in the airport. That dog should not be disrupting the flight with noise. Like these are just some basic things. The dog should be able to walk on a loose leash through, you know, security when TSA needs to check and make sure there's no bombs under the dog's harness. So if you are a person who had an ESA who thinks maybe that their level of psychological issues are so great, they may qualify for a service dog. Please think long and hard, a service dog or a psychiatric service dog, about what you're bringing to the table. Because we are making this harder and harder and harder, people, by lying and BSing stuff and doing all this stuff out there. And it's becoming more and more apparent. Now laws are getting changed. There are going to be some people that are no longer able to get on an airplane because it will be too debilitating. And if they want to go anywhere, they're going to have to get in a car and drive. So people are taking action based on all the fallout and all the BS. So let's not allow that now to carry over into actual service dogs. That's not going to help anybody. Yeah. And I wouldn't, you know, 
I don't like the confusion of emotional support animal and service dog because as far as dog trained dogs go, in my mind, the service dog, I, I have probably almost the highest respect for because it's such an extensive amount of training and so many dogs wash out before they get to that point where they're actually a mature adult service dog and they're paired up with a blind person or a kid that can't walk or whatever it is. It's a huge responsibility and it's not easy to accomplish that. You know, like a, a police dog, it's a very similar thing. Most police dogs wash out at certain points before they get on the street. And they're providing a service. That is yeah, the it's whole a huge point. Thing. It's a huge police thing. Police dogs are actively providing a service on the street. These service dogs are actually providing a service to these people who need them. Okay. So we don't want some person with a legitimate service dog having to jump through so many hoops because of all of the other a-holes that have screwed this up for that person that actually needs to just get on the plane with their service dog, you know? That's yeah. All. Yeah. We need to raise the standard. Okay. We're going to go to break super quick. We still have a giveaway to go and we're going to talk a little bit more about ESAs when we get back again. What makes Coranda Beds chew-proof? Only Coranda Beds have a patented design which secures the fabric inside the frame, making it totally inaccessible to jaws and paws. Your dog can't chew the fabric because we've hidden the edges inside the rails. Dogs love Coranda Beds. See why? Coranda Beds come in a variety of custom sizes. You can even add a fleece pad on top for extra coziness. And these beds can be used both indoors and outdoors. But best of all, our beds are easy to clean. Just wipe them off or hose them down. Visit dogbed.us slash the quirky dog for more details. All right, we are back and we have missed so many definitions of the day or definitions of the week. I don't even know what we're doing because we've had guests. So this will be our last definition of the day because we switched for December and um, we have a guest next week. So my definition or my word today is a cryptorchid. Do you know what that is? Hey, that's the singular. Uniball. Good yeah. job. Good job. Yeah. I didn't know if you'd get that one. One testicle. This isn't just a dog thing. This can happen in humans too. But if this happens with your dog, it is something that needs to be addressed. You don't want to allow that to just sit up there. It needs to get removed. And sometimes you can even nurse it down. Usually so, referred to as a crypto. Never. No. No. Crypto you know, it is a very, very unusual. Since you brought that up, and I don't think we have a lot of time to discuss it. Oh, but so we're going to take even more time than Jess wants. I don't to. know why we're in such a rush here. Let's hang on to this okay. year. Okay. Well, <laughs> my border collie came. Oh my God! With the border collie, there's only yes. one testicle in the little sack there. About four months old. Not that I spent a lot of time in that area, but we noticed that uh, one, they weren't both there. One wasn't descended, and quite often that happens with puppies, and it will descend within you know a few weeks or a month. But the breeder told us to feel up the stomach a little bit from the uh, scrotum. Oh. Scrotum is actually okay. the medical definition. I can't believe he's telling and this story. This makes me squeamish feel, you when can he feel, says it. We could feel the ball just offset of Testicle. the scrotum, the testicle. So she said, put your thumb on the other side of that ball and just kind of rub it towards the sack. And With like, vegetable oil. The freaking so, poor dog doesn't even want to like, smell right. vegetable oil anymore. But we did we that cook. for about maybe two weeks. Two balls. They were both in the sack and everything was fine. Now, had we not done that, that ball may not have dropped. Yeah. So a little and, food um, for thought. Make sure you have vegetable oil so around. So if you have a dog at home, with, <laughs> just dig in there and start pulling. It was very gentle. <laughs> it was a very small process. <laughs> now, to and this day. Merry Christmas. He's okay. not crazy about me playing with his testicles. Uh, okay. <laughs> and okay. 
Let's you know, get back to service dogs. Okay? I, I try to keep that to We're going to keep this cigar band <laughs> off of his repertoire and moving forward. I'm going to start talking to the boys downstairs. Uh, no so, crypto. Last thing on this topic before we go to our giveaway and our unboxing of the Paul Wave and all this other stuff. Service dogs do many important tasks, just like Scott was saying. Service dogs on the low end are probably $15,000. On the high end, they go tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. I mean, a seeing eye dog... Uh, hearing support dog, a lot of balance stability dogs, people that, you know, have issues with vertigo or something where they can't balance themselves. A lot of Great Danes and stuff are used for that. A ton of mobility stuff, people that can't bend down because of their backs or some sort of other disability. There are very serious things that service dogs do. So if your dog does not do something serious that really will change your life in a very serious way, it should not be flying on an airplane or being faked in any other circumstances. And that's how I'm going to close on that topic. Yeah, and they should prosecute and they should get, it's hard, but they should start prosecuting people. Oh, what was it that we saw? The guy got like four months in jail. What was that thing? It was COVID? Oh, yeah, they lied yeah. about COVID. Oh, they yeah, didn't have the, a mask on. The Cayman Islands, I don't and think. And they got Just a four-month jail sentence. Yeah. And what was it, 1500 bucks or something? Well, I don't know. Hopefully they They're made that out They're getting serious about you walking around without Islands. your mask. We're going we're gonna to turn you into a crypto. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So we are going to be doing our oh, Oprah's can... Favorite Things giveaway, and I'm super excited about it. We have um, a few smaller items, and we got our paw wave just in time. And I'll tell you, guys, the freaking bills aren't even getting uh, cashed. When I send the checks, it takes a week for me to get the bills paid because the mail is so slow. So this FedEx, it got there right in time, just how it was supposed to. So I hope everyone gets their Christmas gifts. I thought it was because we didn't have any money. Uh, the bills weren't getting paid. Uh, you don't know anything about the bills at any day. Okay. <laughs> so our first giveaway is going to be the Canine Calm Roll-On, and I just love that. And I have already pre-put all the Patreon uh, contributors into the cigar box. We always do our giveaways with the cigar box. Yeah, you can be the picker. Santa, what are you doing here? Are you acting like that game? You're acting strangely today. Okay, let me, let me have that back. You can pick that up. Okay, the Canine Calm roll-on goes to Carl T. in North Carolina. So congratulations to Carl. Thank you for supporting Carl us T. on Patreon. And I don't even know how Oprah does it, but here are my favorite things. Everyone look under your chairs. Calm, canine calm for everybody in the room. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. We're going to be giving away our biothane leash next. We love these. Oh, that's We're nice. big on these. I'm big My on that. My biothane guy comes from the Midwest. Give me a leash and a dog. I'm a all lovely set. Amish man who makes excellent dog equipment. We're going to pick for this the biothane leash. Dun dun dun. Let's see what this says. You Libby. Can't even S. Oh, in Libby Massachusetts. S in All right, great. And if you guys are not getting in touch with me, I can get in touch with you through Patreon. And I even already have your uh, addresses through Patreon. I love Patreon. It's so convenient. Okay, we're going to do our travel calm, which Scott's been already misting us with. You want to do my drawing, sweetie? Just seemed as though she needed this earlier in the podcast. <laughs> travel calm. Yeah. I hope there's something there for me because yeah, I've done a lot of this. Effect. All right, the travel calm. Oh, it's another Massachusetts resident, and it's going to go to Mickey B. Congratulations Mickey, is that brought? to Mickey. Mickey B. We're hey, not, we're Mickey not B. Outing our supporters. Mickey B. All right. I worked our... your dog in Lowell. Your dog bit the hell out of me. But the funny thing was, you almost passed out, okay. if you come remember. On. Come on, Santa. Let's move it along. <laughs> All right. Oh, I like the this. The dog is, dog is biting is... the hell out of me, and Mickey's almost falling down on the ground. This what is for here? the quirky dog shirt. I have a small, medium, uh, or I have a small, medium, large, and extra large left. Nikki N. Oh, come on down. New Hampshire. We're really getting good with New England. Okay. And our last thing well, is going to be. Well, that saves us on shipping. 
Our Paul Wave giveaway. Yeah, and I'm not mailing these out until Saturday, guys, because the post office is still crazy. But uh, first, we are going to hear from my dear friend, Bobby Lyons. And Bobby, it was our very first podcast guest ever. Scott had mentioned that earlier. She is all the way on the other side of the country. But Bobby does all kinds of awesome stuff for Canine Fitness. And she has a bunch of um, programs rolling out here. So for January, between the 1st and the 15th, all of her programs will be open for enrollment. And the link will be below. And then she also has this really awesome new program called the Competitive Edge. It's for people that are more involved in competitive dog sports and want to delve a little bit deeper into canine fitness. And she has a, actually like a fitness team that she does, but you have to contact her one-on-one for that. So I'm if assuming you're that's all virtual, huh? Yeah, everything's virtual yeah. with COVID. She does have a facility out there, and you'll see that. But this is great. So Bobby got the paw wave. We were hoping we could combine her with the canaps last week, but she didn't get it in time because of when she ordered. So she unboxes it for us, and she intros it to her one super cute mini Aussie extra flurry at her facility. And then her a little bit more shy, sound-sensitive dog, he had a lot of issues with the teeter, her border collie drama. It's a quick video, and when we get back, we get to find out who won the paw wave. Okay, so this is what it looks like when you open the box. There's the wand, and the attachments are right here inside. Hi, I'm Bobby Lyons, and I'm here to talk just a little bit about the Paw Wave Percussion Massager. Um, this instrument can be used um, to warm up muscles prior to activity to kind of remind dogs of muscles that they maybe aren't using as efficiently as they could prior to doing fitness or going to do um, other performance sports, things like that. It can be used to help cool down muscles. It can be used to keep the blood flow moving um, and it can be used also to um, decrease that fascial restriction. Um, I'm gonna put it on her body and kind of pet her with it. And she seems to be okay with that. I'm gonna reward her for not moving away. So you can see she's kind of like, ah, what is that? Turn it on away from her first. I'm just gonna put it on the lowest setting. Today I'm just going to bring it to her. Good. And I'm gonna reward her. And I'm gonna move it lightly and slowly over her shoulder and back towards her spine. And up a little bit towards her neck. So he is um, a little bit unsure of new things. So um, I did sit. I'm going to do a little It's Your Choice. And I'm going to turn it on. And when he doesn't move away, get it. Stay. Get it. Good. Good boy. That's very smart. Good boy. Super. So he is totally okay with me petting him with it, but he is a sound sensitive dog and he is also sensitive to um, other vibrations. So I'm just going to give him a minute or so. And he generally um, really wants to um, do new fun things. So he's perfectly willing to touch. Slide super boy. That's very good. I know you. That's a good boy. That's very good. I'm going to try giving him a reward while I turn it on. Good. Good. Good boy. That is so good. 
All right, we are back and we need the drums because if we do the damn drums for the Quirky Dog t-shirt, we should do it for this. Let's do Ben's drums, you would be the picker. And this is for the paw wave and Bobby showed the perk, but this is the buzz, the vibration. Honey, please, with the throwing of the papers. All right, who is it? Moron K? Sharon K, I'm sorry. Sharon K! Sharon the S K. And the, the S and the uh, H looked like an M. Yeah, well, Moron is a very Sha common Sha first name. <laughs> Sha Listen, Sharon K, you're in Alabama. All right. Not, we're not confusing you with Sharon K's in other states. <laughs> Sharon K in Alabama. Congratulations, you won the Paul Wave Buzz, and we are ordering a perk, and we will give you guys some feedback on ho, that as ho, well. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Oh. Merry Christmas. And he did this last year, too. It really, whenever he it. has the Santa hat on. I think I'm going to go find some... Uh, Disabled children to be a Santa for oh, that's after nice. the podcast. You just bring your own plexiglass. I'm going to rub right the massager up. all over them. Okay, I don't like when you say those types of things. <laughs> all right, guys, have a very merry Christmas. Things are looking a little bit different this year, obviously, but uh, we hope that you and your dogs and your family and your loved ones all have a safe and happy holiday. We are going to be hunkering down in Maine. We will see you next week. We are going to be announcing Dog of the Year 2020. Was a and tough one for 2021. Let's see if we can all get by with just a little bit less. Oh, I like that, sweetie. Peace, all right, guys. guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Congrats to all of our winners. And thank you for being supporters of the Quirky Dog. Keep it quirky. Where's our pig? That the views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.